This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. Predators have to hurry and they're running out of time and they're going to run out of real estate as it comes in on the left wing. Two seconds left. Camp intercepts. The game is over. A gritty bit of defensive work in the final minute and a half. And the Maple Leafs preserve a 2-1 victory on a goal from Mitch Marner. Well, and sums it up. That's the final call here on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. This is the post-game show, Leafs Game Night. Jim Taddy, Frank Corrado, and Jimmy Ralph with you. And Ralphie didn't have the A game, but found a way. Ralphie didn't have his A game? So no, he I, I heard. <laughs> no, actually not. Not since 03, probably. <laughs> How was your game tonight, Ralphie? Good. Wow. Um, yeah. We had the score right for most of the night. <laughs> All right. The original premise, the Leafs found a way. Oh, yes. They, they were at they. Um, you know, the power play wasn't great, but came through in the one opportunity they had. And we were joking, say, when the second unit comes out, it's going to be a little more old school. Get the puck to the point, get traffic in front, look for the ugly one, the rebound, the, the screen, the deflection. And uh, if you're saying that the, the scene passes just weren't working on the power play tonight. Well, a, a big kill. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. What, what a what a sell job from Willie on that. Like, everyone in the building thinks he's yeah. shooting that. Yeah, and, and I mean, he passes this like, like right, across, right, right across his body. Yeah. I mean, this isn't on an angle where, you know, you just turn a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and UC Saros, both goaltenders were fantastic. I know, the two I, know, best players I, yeah, I know a lot of people don't like low-scoring games. They like the 8-5s <laughs> and the 7-4s that we've been seeing on a regular basis. Uh, but I thought both goaltenders were fantastic. It's like speaking uh, of the this goalies, th- this Soros guy, I don't know if I've seen him live much, but his feet are unbelievable. Yep. Like it, It's way more noticeable when you see him in person. And then Matt Murray had a really good game tonight, but two very different styles of goaltending. Yeah. And when you see Soros, he's like he's quick. Like, he gets to everything, and he's square, but his feet are so quick. And the other thing, and I don't know if you would notice this, and I'm not being smart, but from a goaltender's standpoint, playing in a different era, can we you say just that? don't get along with defensemen, yeah. do you? <laughs> I hate I usually had to play with them to get to that point. But, but he follows, he moves towards the puck. You don't see him go down. And the puck sails past him as he's trying to get big and, and block it, play the percentages he and everything. Can, he's, he can't because he's 5'11". Yeah, he has to and, play that way. And I love that in this guy. That, you know, when, when you're talking about nobody's drafting uh, uh, small goaltenders anymore, I think he's living proof that if you've got a guy that's that athletic, and, and what you love about his play is he wants to stop everything. It's not a percentage thing where I'm yeah. I'm going to try to take away the lower part of the net. No, he, he's following everything towards his body um, although going back to the other side Matt Murray plays a little bit different I don't know if I've seen a Dominic Hasek like save like he made in the first period oh, yeah, I, don't we know, don't, I don't know if I've seen we, one we like that in a while those, we don't see those kind of acrobatics from yeah. him we're not used to it anyways but he was great even in the third period some big saves at, in some prime opportunities on the 15 ice 15 shots yeah. yeah I thought he was uh, this is his best game as a Leaf even though remember the game in Dallas where he shut out the Stars yes. yeah. the 5 yeah. on 3 uh, for a full two minutes where they were short. He was spectacular in that. I thought in this game, uh, he made the timely saves when he needed to and uh, the spectacular saves that that you need in a 2-1 win. And and I really think this was one of those games that the offense wasn't really clicking. And, uh, 
you know, even though there were some giveaways from the goaltender or from the de the defenseman standpoint as well. Yeah. That that Matt Murray had to bail a lot of guys out. So I would say this is one of those games that if you're John Hines at Nashville, you go to the room saying probably played well enough to win. But uh, Matt Murray. Not his biggest win ever against Nashville. I think that came in the playoffs a few years ago. <laughs> well, Soros but, got uh, into that series, if you remember. Rene, Rene struggled a bit. He was yeah. struggling. He would either have a really good game or a really bad game. And Soros was a rookie. Like, he had just kind of come up from Milwaukee, yeah. and he got thrown into the fire there. And I was with Pittsburgh at the time, so I was watching those games in the building thinking, who is this guy they are putting in net? Because he's small. You've yeah. never heard the name before. You see number 74. You're like, where did they find this guy? And sure enough, years later, this is going to be a guy battling for the Vesna. Yeah, and he's uh, and, and it's too bad that he was. I don't. I still don't think Nashville would have beat Colorado in the first round last year. But without him, there was no there was pretty much with all due respect to David Riddick and oh, what's the kid's name that uh, moved in the off season? I think in Arizona now. Uh, I can't came remember. Came in and actually had a great game too. But uh, anyway, UC Saros is is probably. The most valuable goaltender to his team. Oh, yeah, I like I think, that. And yeah. uh, in the NHL, and that's not taking away from Vasilevsky or uh, or anybody else. But I just think that uh, if they've got any chance of making the postseason, um, he's going to have to be the most valuable player. I like how you described him. I mean, that's uh, that's a little different. Uh, the, those guys that play the percentages, you know, I guess you have to, but it's not very not very fascinating to watch. He reminded me of the, the goalie for Canada at the World Juniors, Milic. About the same size and, and somewhat yeah. similar. Yeah, and, and I know, uh, you know, listening to Gord talk about it uh, and Mike Johnson, they talked about how nobody's giving the smaller goalies a look. And you, and you kind of hope and say, you know what, they said that in the, the, the late 90s, or I mean, even in the 80s. Phil Fleury proved a lot of people wrong. Marty St. Louis proved a lot of people wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, so you would certainly hope that uh, just because a guy doesn't have the bulk uh, to play the position, I mean, if there's if, if he's got that uh, compete level and uh, the quickness, and like Frankie said, he, he squares up exceptionally well. And he doesn't quit on shots. So I think the um, hopefully he's a guy that can change the way people. Well, first of all, if you're if you're scouting hockey or your management and you have a set in stone rule, we don't look at goaltenders under six three. That's just flat out dumb. Like you're. You're closing off yep. a, a whole bunch of the field of, of people like this guy who can be really good goaltenders. And like to give Matt Murray some credit, UC Saros has been a Vesna candidate last season. He was really good tonight. Matt Murray was right there with him every step of the way. And we know the pedigree of Matt Murray, the Stanley Cup champion. But when you look at the tumultuous road, road he's had the last yes. couple of years, you're like, this guy is kind of picked up where he left off during his prime years in Pittsburgh. And it was only a little bit of a, a down. I guess down spell for him this yeah, year. Well, I mean, it's, it's been it's been very consistent. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, both goaltenders have sort of married each other. One got hurt, and the other got hurt. Uh, they yeah. come back. One plays well, the other plays well. The one struggled, the other struggled, and uh, and now they're both on on a roll. It seems that uh, they both found their game um, at a great time. Although uh, you know, you keep looking at the standings, expecting things to change with each win, and they don't seem to. You know, Tampa wins behind you, Boston wins ahead of you. No, it's but, it's, but it's I think ridiculous. It's, yeah, we know the Leafs are going to play yeah. Tampa now. Yeah, and then, but it's it's so important, I think, to uh, to get that confidence with your goaltending. And I know the Leafs are in Boston on Saturday night, and they're in the same position. Who would have thought when you lose Tuukka Rask, Alina Solmark, who you thought 
his career might have ended in Buffalo because he had some some tough stretches with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, he and Jeremy Swayman would give them the goaltending that would have them as the best team in the National Hockey League. You know, so I, I think it's, it's so important to uh, develop that confidence, not only um, for the goaltenders themselves, but then the players in front of them start to have that. We don't have to play tight. We don't yeah. have to collapse all the time back in front of our net and be afraid to give up scoring chances. And, um, you know, so far so good with the two-goalie system. And the, the tap man mentioned it a little early on, but it wasn't exactly a banner night offensively for the Leafs. And you can really see where not having Austin Matthews makes a big difference. Yeah. First of all, I thought Willie Nylander did a fantastic job. It was one of his best games I've seen him play, especially the first period. But you can see the grunt work that goes into being Austin Matthews. All the stuff away from the puck, the little responsibilities, the big minutes that he has to play against teams' top lines. I thought Willie did a good job, but it's noticeable, right? Like, Austin Matthews does it with such ease. And it's especially noticeable on the power play. Like, the entries were not crisp, and yeah. usually that's Austin Matthews accepting the drop pass and bringing it in. And you miss your trigger man on the power play. So everything's kind of passing around the outside, waiting for something to happen. And how many chances did we see them not create by doing that because you didn't have Matthews? Yeah, and the um, the other thing you like about Willie Nylander, I thought, was, um, you know, he'd gone three games without a point. And he'd only gone back-to-back games once uh, before this three-game stretch where he was held pointless. Uh, but he had said that um, when Sheldon Keefe said, you know, you're going to get some, some shifts at center. And uh, Nylander said, "That's I got to get my feet going again. That's going to help me. I got to get yeah. my feet moving, and I got to get in, engaged with the battles." And uh, he's the guy that ultimately steps up. I mean, John Tavares is on a nice little roll as well uh, when they need him. Um, so everything fell into place. But uh, you know, coaches are going to love the two-one scores a lot better than the fans will. And uh, I, I saw things I thought from both teams that you had to be impressed with. And, and Nashville trying to get back into a postseason spot. Um, come in on a four-game winning streak, and you're saying you can see why. I mean, they, they battle exceptionally well. And even though the Leafs weren't great on the power play, that's when you got to tip your hat to the penalty kill because I thought Nashville was very aggressive and, and stifling most of the night. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and a lot of that is because the Leafs didn't really pressure them, did they? Uh, you know, you've got four power plays there. The the fifth one is, is the, the second half of the double minor where they score. But I, I didn't think that the Leafs, uh, played with the same kind of passion on the power play that they do when Austin Matthews is there. Well, I mean, that that's part of not having him, right? Like, yeah. he's he, he's such a big, hulking guy. He retrieves pucks. He's the trigger man. There was a play where Morgan Riley, the, the puck had been kind of worked around a little bit, and Morgan Riley gets a puck at the top on the power play, and you can tell he wants to go to the side of the ice where Matthews would have usually been yep. for the one-timer. Instead, he's got Michael Bunting there. So he kind of looks at it. He double-clutches it, and he thinks, oh, I'm going to end up taking this shot. It was down. Yeah, it was, the at the, period, yeah. It was in the second period. And then, okay, puck just kind of gets corralled by Nashville, and it's down the ice. But there's another example of it's that, if that's Austin Matthews, it's bang-bang, one-timer. It's in the back of the net. Yeah, and that's although, not the case. If you're going to the bench, you're going to if Michael Bunning's probably seen Morgan Riley. Why would you pass me that? <laughs> you, <laughs> you think went, you think he said that? No. no. <laughs> Did you see? A, yeah, I know. I know exactly. Morgan Riley had the point at the left. Yeah, po- but more the left point. Did and, you see you the, the 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 pen, the power play in the second period? They couldn't get in the zone. They were so yeah. unorganized trying to get up the ice and. Jimmy and I were talking about it during intermission. <laughs> Sheldon Keefe stormed right down to Spencer Carberry. And he's, he's, you know, they got the hand motions and they're talking about it. And then Spencer pulls up the iPad. He's trying to figure out, like, where, where's this thing going wrong? Control. 
Alt delete. Yeah. You know, restart. You know, I can't it. find yeah. it here. I don't know what happened to the he highlights. Should, he should have looked at his head coach and be like, "Yeah, I don't have 34 on the ice." <laughs> <laughs> and well, at least uh, they saved it till the end, but uh, Exactly. They saved it least, for when it mattered. At least they found most. a way to get it done. Yeah. And so the good news is three wins in a row and the goals against is down and uh, so that goaltending issue, if it was one, doesn't seem to exist anymore. Got to like that. Yeah, and and you know every you know, everyone, I think, is fragile enough that you think, oh, no, is one game going to lead to two, going to lead to? And remember it happened with Jack Campbell last year. Everybody yep. talked about He was going to the All-Star game. There was talk about him going to the Olympics. Um, was it last year with the Olympics? They weren't in the Olympics. But they, no, they, were never, they were never Olympics. going. They yeah, were oh, never okay, no, but there was yeah. talk. There yeah. was talk. There was and talk and that, then that it was Campbell like would be going. part of the yeah. – I just had a cramp going, wait a minute, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> and the um, – but anyway, then they had the break, the COVID break around Christmas. Jack Campbell came back, and, and there was a struggle. And, and, you know, really, it was a struggle that lasted a couple of months. Yeah. So I think that's that's always sort of in the back of your mind that, you know, can they can they build off a great stretch before Christmas as opposed to have to recover from another downturn um, when you get to January, February. So I, I think for both goaltenders, uh, Samsonov and Matt Murray both have been like they've like I said they've mirrored mirrored each other, where they've either both struggled or they have both been good or both been hurt at the same time. Yeah. So uh, you keep your fingers crossed that it's going to be both are uh, on a roll. I was I was impressed with Bobby McMahon tonight. Like you know you see a guy make his NHL debut and anytime he's on the ice you kind of just isolate him. You want to see yeah. exactly what he's doing right. And so you're doing that throughout the game, and then you say, okay, I like that. Like, you know, you see him lean on a guy, come up with the puck. You're saying, I like that. Then there's a couple times he gets the puck on the wall and, you know, it makes a good play to the middle of the ice, doesn't okay. give it up. Okay, I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. Let's see if you're looking at the same thing. As it was in the second period, puck was rimmed around. He gets it about the top of the top of the circle, right yeah. wing side, yes. right below us. Yeah. As he got the puck, he had his head on a swivel, and he looked, to his left and to his right, and then took his stride and got it out. And I thought even as simple a play as that was. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. Sometimes, but sometimes so, you're just in a panic. i got to get it out. That's, and you might yeah. ice it or you might give it away. But but he had the, and I mean he's 26. He's, he's not an 18-year-old exactly. kid. So maybe the, yeah. the, the nerves aren't quite There's the a maturity same. there. Yeah. But but I just thought it was a little thing where he, he searched the surroundings before he was going to make a play with I'll, it. With I'll give a, you another great example. There was, And that was the first one. And this, there was a second one where he gets it, and I believe it's in the second period, and he's on a line with Holmberg. And he gets the puck. First of all, wins a battle. Second of all, gets the puck. And now he hits Holmberg in the middle of the ice, and they break yes. out clean. Right? So you're thinking, okay, poise, no panic. That's, and, and that's what you're looking well. for. Yeah, yeah, and executes, yeah. So there was, a, there was even a play in the second period. It looked like he was going to have a chance on a wraparound, but, again, showed some great patience. And I think he was able to find. I think it was. It might have been Holmberg again. But they can use. Yeah. They can use a player like that. Like that. That's an effective player. And I just thought the way he asserted his body, like it was very noticeable, especially for a first game. Yeah, and yet was was very controlled. It wasn't. Um, you never had the feeling. Sometimes guys get up and they get their first taste in the NHL. They're just going crazy. And, yeah, they think I've got to do something spectacular yeah. to get noticed and to stay here. Yeah. And and for me, it was more. He uh, he knew his role. He knew, you know, he said he wanted to play yeah. with energy like he did in the American League, and, and I thought he brought that. Well, form. you know what else happens when, when guys, you, you wonder, well, there's no way you can do that for 82 games, right? Because yep. it's such a such a burst right onto the scene. You're like, okay, that's not sustainable. But the way he played tonight, you're watching it, you're like, 
that's sustainable. That's well within your wheelhouse. He didn't do anything extra. It was just, it was really good. Ralphie, thanks for hanging around. Thanks for having me. It was our pleasure, really. <laughs> well, naturally. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, guy. Yeah, that's guy. That's guy. <laughs> See you, Ralph. Bye, guy. There goes Ralphie. Uh, so 2 1 is the final for the Leafs. Uh, games later this week, tomorrow night in Detroit, Saturday in Boston, and then uh, home for a couple of next week before they go to Montreal a week Saturday. So, you know, it's a workable schedule. Yeah, you want to make the road trip to Montreal? Uh, we have that game. Yeah. Do you want to go do it in person, though? Oh, sure, yeah. Well, we should be able to go there. Well, good. Set it up. <laughs> I'll drive. <laughs> Ralphie wants to come. <laughs> Ralph, I think Ralphie wants to come with us. <laughs> we'll make a little trip out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 2-1 the final for the Leafs over Nashville. This is Leafs game night on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app and the Leafs radio network. Closing and his shot went off a body and went wide. Tavares trying to drag it out in front of the net. Works back to the goal to get it into the corner to Marner. Marner to Tavares. Tavares around back of the net. Someone's lost a stick as it comes to Marner. He scores! Holy mackerel! The Wizard has given the Leafs the lead! Jimmy, I want to get back into one of the conversations we had going with Ralphie before he left. Yeah. And that was with Bobby McMahon. And we right. talked a little bit about his debut and some of the plays he made. And, you know, there are subtle, smaller plays, but you were impressed every time you saw him on the ice. Yeah. And especially in the first two periods. In the third, he got four shifts. Yeah, it wasn't. Listen, it's a tight game. It's yeah. your first NHL game. You're not expecting to get out there very often, especially when it's, it's tighter circumstances like that. But... It goes back to a lesson I learned playing for Travis Green, who was a very good coach. He's going to get another job in the NHL. But he had a saying, especially with defensemen, and it was so simple. It was, see the play, make the play. And that's what I thought Bobby McMahon did a really good job tonight. There was no hope plays. There was no guessing. Anything he did had a postal code attached to it, and it was evident in his game. It was a very confident game. And there's another play in the third period, and you know exactly what I'm going to say. It's the Connor Timmons play where he tries to go to the middle of the ice, yeah. and we're saying that's a $5 hot and ready pizza right yeah. up the middle of the ice. Yep. Now, that's something, Uber. he Ubered it. That's something Connor <laughs> Timmons, that's a strength of his game as yep. a defenseman, going back on breakouts, hitting the middle of the ice. It's such an efficient way to play when you execute it correctly. Yeah. In that instance, wow. not a good decision with the way the game is going. It's 1-1, it's late in the game, could have cost your team. Luckily, it didn't, but that's an example of you didn't necessarily see that play, but you're going back for it, and you're hoping your guy's there, and you're kind of guessing. So a little bit of a contrast as far as seeing the play, making the play, and just hoping without a postal code attached to it. Yeah, and people like to jump on those situations. I mean, I don't know if that was near the end of his shift or not, but that's always a factor. Well, and, and so if you're near the end of a shift, and, and I know your your vigorous, vigorous cardio workouts would lead you down this path. Yes. You're tired. Yes, guy. You're exhausted. Oh, yeah. You can't breathe. There's just there's no oxygen. I'm getting tired just listening there's, to you. There's no, yeah, I know. I, I know you're on the elliptical, and, and there's no oxygen getting to your brain. You're like, I can't that think. That never what happens I, to the No, because you, you got good endurance from yeah, what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so that that's, you know, you're late in a shift. You're thinking, you're just not thinking straight, right? Well, you get sure, back to you're the out bench. of air. Exactly, and you, yeah. know, you know exactly what you did wrong or what you should have done when you get back to the bench, but in that moment, you're just hoping, and that's that's the difference. So for Bobby McMahon, 
if he can play that kind of style where he leans on guys and it looks efficient, it doesn't look like he's overreaching and overworking. You know, there's there's a good base there, and Ralphie mentioned it. He is 26 years old, yeah. right? So he's there's there's a mature player. It's not but, like a 20 year old coming in. But that the can league. make a guy even more anxious. You think so? Well, he's 26. What, so you think he wants to like overachieve and, or, and, or, and catch up with for lost time? Yeah, or yeah, compensate for things that didn't happen earlier. It could be. Yeah, I'm it, not saying him, but but anybody, anyone in that situation. Yeah, I, I I understand that. I just think like if you you know he's played in the East Coast Hockey League, he's worked his way up to the AHL. He wasn't drafted by the Leafs. He's a free agent signing. Like you, you're you're very sure in who you are and what your journey has been as a player. Listen, he, we might not see him as much, but. I think after that game and after the training camp and the way he's played with the Marlies, he probably leaves a really good impression after game one. The thing that I would say to you as, as, a, as an outsider is the way you describe that, it's hard to put that into common people's, uh, common person's lives to understand that because everything, right. anybody who works is like, here's the job I have to do. I better do it or yes. I'm not going to get paid. But when you're describing athletes, it's like, um, yeah, he, he simplified it. W- w- all right, Jimmy. You're supposed to do that. All right, Jimmy. Let me break this down for yeah. you, okay? So you have a sales job, okay? Let's say you're Jimmy the Jimmy the Tatman. Uh, I was in person. real estate, so yeah. Okay. So you, your first day on the job, you are going crazy. You're going to showings here, meetings there. Oh, you're it's, doing everything. It's unsustainable. Yeah, you're doing you, you everything. Can't, you can't do this every single yeah. day, and you burn out, and you fizzle out, and you're gone, right? Yeah. But instead, you're Bobby McMahon. You schedule a couple meetings in the morning relatively close to each other right you have a healthy lunch well, okay that's, then in the afternoon but, hits you have a coffee you're right back at it and that's a good day I, well i'm not debating that it's got nothing to do with bobby it's, but when sometimes you see people play and you go dude why why, why? <laughs> here's you're on this line you're supposed to no well, guy that's, no that's, what, that's something different that's what we call the old identity crisis well, yeah, right? when yeah. you're when you're the fourth line guy yeah. and you think you're the first line yeah, guy and I, you toe drag at the blue line and like, you turn it over it's like hey rocket cool it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly but none of that from him like, no 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 he knew his place exactly he didn't yeah. he didn't um he wasn't guessing who he was as a player and that happens with, with players who are getting a ton of points, let's say, in the American Hockey League. Then they come up to the NHL and they think, well, they're calling me up because I'm filling the net and I'm getting a ton of points. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, but, no, you, you know what it is? You're in the American Hockey League. You need to get points because you need to get someone's attention. Once, you, once you've got their attention and now you've earned the call-up, you need to do what the team needs. And they have you sort of in a box of what you are as a player and what you can provide for the team. So it's up to you to play in that role that they kind of have you but in. they do tell you what they want like they're not going to put them on that line and you and, would think and, and just like wing it you, you, we want you to do this you you would think that yeah. yes I, I you would be very surprised at how many times in the nhl well those are bad a lack teams. of communication they're, those are bad teams well it, it does happen don't think it's like always this well-oiled machine no, no, i can say this about the maple leafs and and this regime and kyle and sheldon and all these guys i've played for them all they take the time to communicate their expectations of you, what they think you are as a player, and that helps a lot because that helps with the old identity crisis. You understand Absolutely. what your expect expectations are and, and how you need to play to provide for this team. And that's, you know, we've seen that time and time again. Everything this team does is with purpose and it's yeah. very direct. That That's my point. Yes. Yeah, I have no argument with that at all, but from time to time, You'll see somebody called up, and you go, oh, oh, oh no, guy. Yes. <laughs> like, stay in your lane, Rocket, my friend. back off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you say to him, oh, take it east. Yeah, take it east. <laughs> <laughs> 
One yeah. game at a time, guy. That's right. <laughs> and that's a good way to look at it for, for any player, really, because it is such a long season. It is a grind. And tonight, like, if you were watching this game at home on TV, this would have felt like a grind watching this game because well, there wasn't – It wasn't a lot of flow to it. Th- it there were moments. Really broke open. There were moments, but there wasn't a build during the course no, of the game. No, exactly. And those are the best games to watch for me where the suspense is, is building and there's a, a little bit of a thrill involved. And we did get a little bit of a goaltender duel, but because both goalies were just so efficient, it was like – They kind of gobbled everything up. There was no second and third chances. And um, if you appreciate quality goaltending, like if you're a goalie coach or something like that, you loved this game. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of elements. You're a goalie guy. I love goalies. So you you loved this game. Well, I liked how Ralphie described Saros because um, there's goalies that come out of the goalie factory, and you see them play. And they're doing these things for percentages, and you go, okay, oh, well, that's. Uh, that's but the you gave him the top now. half of the net. Guess where it went? Yeah. In the top half of the net. So, uh, but when you watch him, though, he was really great, low and very fast, and he was into every play. Listen, like he wasn't. He wasn't waiting for the puck to hit him. No, exactly. We don't get to see him very often, right? Like we see all the Canadian goaltenders a lot, based on the you know the networks and the the teams that we cover, and you know we'll see Vasilevsky and. Linus Allmark and those kinds of guys, but it, it is a treat to see a guy like that who plays in a little bit of a, a lesser-known market, let's say, yeah. and his game is so clean, so efficient. Um, and I, you know what? If you're, if you're, I don't know, if you're scouting or if you're a minor hockey guy, let's say, I'm sure there's a lot of minor hockey coaches and, and people that listen to us after these games, and it's like, if you've boxed yourself out of a certain demographic of player, like and you, and you saying, "Oh, goaltenders under six oh, two, no, we, we won't even look that, at them." That is a complete loser mentality. You might as well play circus music yeah, that, when you that, go on the that, ice. That's brutal. Yeah. you're missing. Hey, it's like, hey, ref, you're missing a good game. Yeah. Hey, scout, you're missing a good prospect. Actually, like the referee, oh, referees yeah. almost <laughs> missed a couple <laughs> no, out there. I, I thought the 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 David Camp. That should have been interference, and I know he did leave the game. I never noticed if he did come back. He might have gone to the quiet room, but that was... I thought that, he came back. Okay, so that was... He did come back yeah. because Bonesy in the final yeah. call mentioned that Camp was yeah. the one who interfered with it, but he did yeah. leave the game. He came back. I mean, that's clear as day interference. Camp is skating backwards, and oh, Nino yeah. Niederreiter skating forwards, looking at the play, looking at Camp, skates right into him. He knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. That should have been a penalty, and... It felt like, and I don't know if you felt this as well. Too many steamboats. It felt like <laughs> the Morgan Riley high stick where yeah. he was bloodied up was yeah. not going to be called no, initially. I know. The, right? Come on, you could count to three. and then. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll call that it, one. It, okay, Jimmy, it felt like the whistle was getting blown because Riley kind of stayed down on the ice. Yeah, and everybody else stood and then, up. <laughs> and then he's leaking blood. Yeah. And it, I, I guess i got to make a call yeah. here, guy. Oh, okay, if you insist. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen. Credit to the referees. They got it right, which most yeah. of the time they do. And yeah. Toronto's power play was able to be the difference late in the game. And I just thought Willie Nylander on that power play was was a real driving factor, um, especially in getting that puck to Mitch Marner. And, and Willie was great all night long. Let's go downstairs and hear from Sheldon Keefe on how the team handled the game. I thought we handled it well. I mean, it was a tight checking game, but at the same time, we did, we did have a number of looks offensively. So I don't know if it was quite that tight, you know, but obviously it's a, it's a tight game, just given that it's 1-1, but I think that's probably more so on the backs of two goalies going toe-to-toe. A ton. A ton. To me, I mean, I mean, obviously their guy on the other end is playing really well, too. It's an elite goalie down the other way, so you need to match him save for save because I thought we were, you know, we, we generated looks and, and weren't getting much to show for it. 
So he has to stay strong, uh, stand, stand tall on the other end. So for me, he's full marks tonight. Um, you know, he's, he's played a lot of good hockey for us this season, but that, you know, uh, trying to think back maybe in Dallas or I'm sure there's a few others I may have forgotten, but doesn't, I'm not sure there's ever been a game where I've left seen the, the goaltender won us the game. And in a lot of ways, you could say that here tonight. The lineup shakedown tonight, no Austin, and uh, the way he's been. Yeah, obviously, not having Austin is, is a pretty significant hole to fill there. Um, so, tried to tried to manage that. Um, I, I thought we got into a little bit of trouble, and the game was so tight that I, I just, you know, decided to move Kerfoot into the middle. Somebody who's just more comfortable playing down there. At the same time, I, I also thought, we could maybe maybe needed a goal from Willie, and um, it's, you know it's a lot harder for him to generate offense when he's the low guy. He gets so much when he's the first guy to leave the zone. So that was part of that uh, in terms of using Bobby. I, I just you know I, I wanted to put him on that camp line. Obviously, we moved Engvall up, and um, you know s similar in terms of size and a uh, guy with speed down the wing and all that. And I just wanted to see how. You know, in his first game, how he could fit alongside those guys, and I just was just going to watch it and see how it played out. And there was one in the game that he, you know, he made me feel uncomfortable having him there, so just stayed with it. I thought he did a heck of a job uh, utilizing, you know, what he has in terms of his skating ability, his size, and his strength. Uh, he was really competitive on the puck. Uh, had a couple scoring chances himself, created one or two for others, uh, and just played a real solid game for a guy in his debut, so it was great to see. What was your perspective on the power play tonight? Obviously, tough start, but they eventually come through. Yeah, it's, it was ugly, but <clears throat> won us the hockey game, so, I mean, coach is going to keep his mouth shut, uh, you know? <laughs> That's really it. Sheldon Keefe really singing the praises of Bobby McMahon. Yeah, and listen, that, that's what happens when a player comes up from the minors and does exactly what you thought he was going to do or what you expected him to do, and maybe even a little more. And like we talked about a little earlier, it wasn't like he was overreaching in his game. Like nothing about that game looked like he couldn't sustain that kind of play for a longer period of time. So credit to Bobby McMahon, credit to the Leafs for finding this guy, first of all, yeah. their development staff and their AHL development team for bringing him along and you know that that's part of what brings your group to the next level we talk about it all the time boston tampa bay pittsburgh these kind of teams who have drafted or signed and developed players that have turned into impact nhl players and you know we're starting to see that with the leafs more and more the longer this this group has been here you know we're seeing more guys take the jump to the next step so it's good to see from an organizational standpoint. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, there was a void, if you go back several years, a void with the third and fourth line players, uh, but I think they've corrected that nicely. Yeah, there was a big void from 2015 to 2017 on the uh, seventh and eighth defenseman as well. <laughs> Couldn't find him. Yeah. Couldn't find him back Where then. Where is he? He's not there. Yeah. Well, look, they've got depth all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that's how you support your your high skill players and, and you know if you go back a number of years it was just the high skill players yeah so not a lot of support but now it's there and, and there's good depth so if somebody goes down there's somebody to step in it is it's a good blend and it's a good mix and, and we're seeing it how you know lower in the lineup there's going to be a healthy competition for spots and you know we're starting to see guys get some continuity playing with each other you know mostly Aston Reese and Holmberg and, and Hunt playing on the third line and 
Um, you know, I, I think Camp is, is such a versatile player. You put him on the third line, you put him on the fourth line, he, his game doesn't change at all. He still plays a lot of penalty kill. He, you know, he goes out and takes some meaningful face-offs for you. So, um, you know, Al- Alex Kerfoot has always been that guy who kind of moves around the lineup. He's been that, that one kind of Swiss Army knife. But now when you have a little more versatility – you know, we see a night like tonight where Pierre Engvall goes up and plays with Nylander and Bunting. Right. And that's a good line. Yeah. And Willie, Willie drove that line tonight. Yes, he did. I, I thought he played great. Yeah, I thought Willie drove that line right into the battle all night. Like, Engvall was fine. Uh, Bunting was, you know, he was doing his thing. He wasn't as chirpy or as yappy as, as he usually is, but that's to be expected. It, it's a long season, 82 games. You can't always be playing like that. Um, but Willie really drove that line. It shows a lot of maturity on Willie. Um, and, and maybe something we, we don't necessarily talk about with Willie as much is, is his high hockey high, high IQ. Um, here is uh, more postgame. John Tavares and the difficulty in playing tonight. Yeah, it was one of those nights. Uh, they've been playing good hockey. Uh, you know, they got uh, good depth all throughout the lineup. We know how uh, effective their D can be in, in their attack and in their game. Obviously a really quality goaltender, so... Uh, yeah, it was one of those nights just trying to earn ice. Um, pucks didn't really seem to settle, I think, both ways. Uh, and saying that, there were still some really good uh, looks um, on both sides. I think uh, we had some good ones and ones we want to clean up, but Murr uh, obviously stood tall, made some great saves, uh, was really strong on the penalty kill, and then uh, we just stuck with it ourselves and, and uh, finally earned 1 p.m. What did you see on that sequence there at the end, John? I think the defenseman broke his stick, so, uh, you know, we just uh, went to attack from down low and were able to kind of move uh, either, you know, whatever they shifted into, diamond or a box, and uh, uh, saw Willie coming down the pipe and obviously a great poise there and really was able to draw the goalie in. Um, you know, nice feed to Mitchie, and I think uh, really smart by Mitchie to just take that extra second, especially the way Puckspur were kind of, you know, just kind of uh, not settling all night on sticks and, and uh, took an extra second, uh, realized he had some time and, and uh, buried it. Matt, Matt, Matt's performance is best in general, especially early. This, this first yeah, season. phenomenal. Obviously, that highlight real save. Um, you know, goaltending has been uh, such a strong point all year, and uh, just there, just uh, you see it on a daily basis. The preparation, I think, the work ethic, and obviously the the, the skill set. Uh, it's not surprising, but uh, you know, we want to continue to do a better job. But certainly, um, you know, when he was called upon, he uh, 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 gave the group a lot of confidence. Does scoring your 20th mean anything to you? Scoring always is great and always means something, so I just want to continue to help the team. Um, you know, it's just uh, just one uh, on the year tonight, so um, yeah, nice to get there. Not can't say I was really thinking about it. Just want to go out there and play well and, and focus on my game and, and my pro- and my process through that, and, and uh, uh, let the opportunities come and, and look to finish them off. Are right, you just with Austin tonight, especially in the power play? Yeah, I mean, obviously we want Poppy out there, so. Um, you know, we've we've had games in the in the past without him. Obviously, first one this year. Um, always, uh, you know, a, a significant loss. But I think the group did a really good job of, uh, um, you know, adjusting and uh, you know our depth showing and, and obviously power play wise such a threat. So, um, you know, whether whether he's putting them in the net or he draws a lot of coverage, uh, obviously uh, tinkers things a little bit, and we just seem to be a little bit off and. and, and fighting pucks a little bit, and obviously their penalty kill has been going really good too, So, but the uh, sooner the back, the better. What's the challenge of Detroit back-to-back? Well, they four-truck us well, and, uh, um, you know, obviously we just played them recently, so we know they'll be ready to play, and, and obviously the challenge, what a back-to-back brings. So, um, 
up to us to, to, to rise to that challenge and meet it and, and continue to, to keep uh, the positive, positive momentum going. Because of the pandemic, we haven't seen like a dad's type trip situation in a while. What's it feel like? What's it mean to, to have something like this? Yeah, it's always a, a special time. Uh, get one of these throughout the year. It obviously adds a different element. And uh, uh, I think for all of us, we know the, the roles that uh, uh, they've played in our lives and, and uh, how meaningful that is. Um, so it's great. Um, you know, for, for my dad, it's his first first one here in, in Toronto and, and experiencing it. So, um, you know, just really nice to have him on the trip. And, and I know we're all like looking forward to, uh, um, you know, obviously it was good to get the result for, for them tonight and, and try to back that up tomorrow and then and, uh, and going into Saturday. So that is Captain John Tavares talking about the dad's trip, which we'll, we'll explore with uh, Frankie C. next. 2-1 Leafs over Nashville. The final score, this is Leafs game night live from Scotiabank Arena, TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. Leafs game night live from Scotiabank Arena. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you. 2-1 the Leafs win over Nashville in regulation right at the end on a double minor second half of it. Marner scores the power play goal. Let's talk about the dad's trip. They're here All tonight right. going to Detroit and yeah. Boston, so that's, that's the dad's trip for this year's Leafs. How about your experiences? All right, what do you want first? you want logistics or you want memories first? Whatever. Whatever comes to mind. All right. I'll hear you. Okay. Thought Association, dad's trip. Okay. Jimmy, I'm going to give you the logistics of a dad's trip. Okay. All right, here we go. So, game in Toronto. Yep. You're, you want your dad to come into town, you fly him in, okay? Yep. Dad comes into town. They got the box for all the dads here tonight. They watch the game. It's fantastic. After the game, everyone heads to the airport, all the dads. They go through the same process as us. They hop on the bird. They can't believe their eyes when they see the spread of food when we get on the bird. Okay, it, it's yeah. it's quite lavish. I'm not gonna lie. Been it was on, been on a few team flights. It was a nice it was a nice life. I really yeah. did enjoy it. But then they can't believe that after that little buffet spread on the bird, there's a menu sitting in your seat, and the flight attendants come around. They say, um, "Excuse me, Mr. Taddy." Would you be having the steak, the chicken, or the salmon this evening? Can I have all of the above? <laughs> It'll cost you. A little taster. So then so then they have that. Then, you know, we get in, you know, you know the way we travel. The, yeah. the charter's really nice. We stay at the really nice hotels. The teams generally spare no expense as far as the dinners and, um, you know, making sure that the hospitality is, is first class for all the, the fathers. And, you know, Toronto's done a mother's trip. They've done a mentor's trip. And, you know, it's really cool. Like, you play a game. You hop on the flight afterwards, and you're sitting next to your dad on the plane. That's got to be priceless. It's, it's a pretty cool experience, man. And, and you, you know, there's there's a moment there where you kind of sit there. Um, I was lucky enough to have my father on two father's trips, and, and we're sitting there looking at each other. We're, we're like, this just doesn't make sense, man. Like, we're, you know, it's, it's the NHL. We, we used to drive to rinks here in the GTA together. Um, you know, my dad would drink crappy rink coffee, and the rinks would smell like garbage and now we're you know look at us now yeah. um so there's there's that moment that really kicks in and the dads have such a good time like they have such a blast and then you know for a, a short trip um they're around each other so much and they become so close after after that trip and, and i know a lot of them still keep in touch um i know my dad keeps in touch with some of the dads that were on the leafs trip and um even on the canucks and and there's so many great stories that that come out of them and some you can share on air Right. Some you obviously can't. Bonding. That's the nature of Bond, the beast. We call it bonding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But it'll, it'll be a great experience for all these guys. And the, and the way that Toronto's kind of um, penciled it in, they're going to be in Detroit. They're going to have a day off on the road. They're going to get to Boston, which is going to be awesome because that's a great city to visit on the road. And it is kind of smart to do it um, in Detroit because that new arena, that Little Caesars arena, is incredible. Like that's that's one of the coolest arenas that you'll see in the league. So, um, although I do miss the Joe, the Joe I always used Joe to tell Spartan, people. Man. I used to tell people, <laughs> like people used to ask me, okay, like what's what's the best arena to play in? I'll say, well, there's two different questions you're asking here. The best arena is the Joe. Now, is it the best facility-wise? It was old, it was run down, but the hockey part of the Joe was really, really cool. And then as far as the crowds go, I was always tell it's the Bell Center, it's the United Center in Chicago, and when I was in the league, it was San Jose. The Shark Tank was wild. Yeah. Wild times in, uh, in San Jose. But, yeah, they, everyone's going to have a great time with the Father's Trip. It's a really cool, cool moment, and, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, it puts a cherry on top of a, you know, a father-son relationship where, you know, you're, you're a kid, your dad, you know, or, or your mom takes you to all the practices, all sure. the extra work, all the games. You know, the, the families, the siblings, there's a lot of sacrifice on their end, not to mention your, your end as well. So uh, it, it's a really special moment to, to share, you know, after all that, that long road that, that goes into it. So I'm going to flip a, a personal situation around. I worked with my father at one point, and what I saw was the guy, not my dad, the guy. Right. Yeah, which is a unique experience for any child to see that. That's the thing, right? Yeah, so now, th- th- so so yeah, I flip it around. In your case, he saw you as the guy, not yeah, the son, right? That, that's exactly it. So now, you know, they 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 come to all the meetings, all the practices, all the meetings, all the games, the morning skate. They're in every pre scout, and you know, it's it's really cool for them because they don't know what a pre-scout meeting looks like the morning of a game. They don't know what a power play meeting looks like or pen- penalty kill. So, you know, they're sitting in all these things saying, like, the, the, the reaction I always saw was, holy, you know, to, to yeah. steal a line from Darren Pang, holy jumping. Yeah, like, there's all guy. There's a, lot, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that goes into what you guys do. There's a lot of poop going on there's, here. There's a, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into what you guys do. And so, you know, it, when, when you get that, that experience of seeing it for the first time, it's, it's quite an eye-opener. But, you know, you're, you're, like for me, I was, you know, I was the kid. My dad's on the trip, but he's watching me kind of get into hockey mode, right? Like, yeah. you know, you're seeing me at work in my workplace and um you know i just keep coming back to what a you know you get to see the the close-ups right when it's a father's trip and you know the camera will always pan over and you see the dads high-fiving and having a great time remember my dad getting chirped because um one of the hosts was interviewing one of the dads and my dad got caught on camera crushing chicken wings in the background (laughs) and he said his phone Blew up with everyone asking him, "Hey, how's the chicken wings?" <laughs> busted. Yeah, so he got busted on camera. I thought that was a cool moment, and um, yeah, that's what it's all about on the father's trip, man. You know, you're just you're enjoying yourself, really having a good special. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was lucky enough to get two. Never got a mother's trip, unfortunately. Um, that might I almost, be a little different. That would be a little different. Yeah, just based on the the relationship, obviously. But um, it's, it's funny. I don't know if I should be sharing this on air, but I will anyways. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I was supposed to have a second father's trip with the Leafs, but Lou decided to send me on a conditioning stint. Oh. <laughs> Maybe might have been a little worried 
Big Sal might have mixed it up with Babcock on the road. Hey, hey come here. Hey, I just want to have a quick word with you. Yeah. <laughs> lay down the law, right? Yeah. No, let's take a walk. Yeah, come on. Come on. No, no, it's not going to hurt a bit. I lied. <laughs> Frankie C., take the rest of the night off. I will, Jimmy. 2-1, the Leafs win over Nashville. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The out-of-town scoreboard is brought to you by Maple Toyota. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota. And check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. It's time to Toyota. Visit mapletoyota.com. So here's what we have out of town. It is the Oilers in the first period, 4-1 over the Ducks. McDavid has his 35th to lead the way. Other action, it is uh, L.A. 1-0 over the Sharks. That is also at the end of the first period. And uh, these rest are done. There's only one other game. Flyers 5-3 over the Capitals, long since done, and that is your out-of-town scoreboard. So the Leafs win here 2-1 and a power play goal late in the game by Mitch Marner and move on to Detroit tomorrow night in Boston on Saturday night. Our next live coverage will be tomorrow night right here from Scotiabank Arena as the Raptors take on Charlotte to complete their home-and-home, literally, two games here against the Hornets. So we'll have that starting at 7, all here on TSN 1050. Thanks for joining us on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.